What's up, Fusion? Make some noise if you're excited to be in the house tonight. If you don't know me, I am Pastor Vance's wife. You guys see me in pictures, probably on social media. But I am the female version of him because we are one. Amen, amen, amen. So normally he is here preaching, but he is under the weather. Um, He is sick. So before we start, before I start, I just want us all to lift him up in prayer. Um, Just stretch out your hands in faith that you're touching his soul. Dear Heavenly Father, um, we just pray for Vance right now, God. We just declare right now just supernatural healing from the top of his head from the, to the soles of his feet. God, we bind all sickness, all disease, all infirmity, and we command it to go in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over him. We thank you in advance, God, that he is healed by your blood. We thank you that what you did on the cross is declared healing to his body. So we speak life. We speak healing. We speak um, that fever to be gone in Jesus' name, that um, respiratory infection to be gone in Jesus' name. And we thank you that tomorrow there will be a report that all the disease and sickness is gone in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, you know, tonight is a special night. It is a surprise party. But before we do that surprise party, I got to give you guys a mini message. Everyone say mini message. Because I'm not Pastor Vance. I'm not T.D. Jakes. I'm not going to keep y'all here for five hours, okay? Okay, because I'll be at home and I'm like, dang, he's still up there. I got, I'm like, I love you, honey, but I got to sign off. Your girl's tired. Got to exit. I was watching Noah all night. I'm like, mm, in faith, and I'm out. So tonight, I just want to share from my heart, share from me and Pastor Vance's heart, and just kind of share my story for a lot of the ladies. Ladies, make some noise. Dang. Okay, I got to do the fellows make some noise. Make some noise, fellas. Okay, he said we don't need to. This is men. The ladies be like, yes! So I want to share my story. A lot of the ladies, um, I preached here about two times um, total, and I always preach to the ladies, so I get the blessing to preach to the men and the ladies. So this is going to be a lot of fun. So for a lot of you, um, you don't know that I'm from Arizona. Me and my husband, we met on Instagram. Everybody say amen Instagram. Amen Instagram. Because when you got to slide into the DMs, that was a thing. Don't go sliding after Fusion, okay, y'all? Don't be doing it. But we met um, long distance. But before all of that happened, um, I I was wilding out. In my early teens, in college, I was turning up not for the Lord. I was turning up for the world. I was smoking. I was drinking. I was in the club. I was in the bars. And you guys are probably like, what? Yeah, I was getting down, okay? (laughs) I was getting down. I busted out the robot a couple times, you know? No, 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 no. I can't do that here. I just... I'm new, so I can't, we got you all to come back next Tuesday, okay? But I was just wiling out, and I think it was because I had no vision for my life. My vision was like, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to get on my mom's house, I'm going to get a job, I'm going to get a man, amen, ladies? I'm going to get a man, and then that was my goal. I was like, I'm set. If I can get all that in a nice house, 
One of my embarrassing goals was like, God, I want the last name Johnson. I don't know why, because probably the Johnson's family vacation. And I was like, I want the last name Johnson, and I want to go to Duke University because I wanted to play basketball. And then I like read that as I got older. I was like, girl, you're tripping. What? This is not a vision. This is just a desire of my flesh. This was all these fleshly desires that I wanted, but no real end goal, no real purpose. It was all, this is what my flesh wants now. That's why I was drinking. This is what my flesh wants now. That's why I was having sex because that's what my flesh wanted now. And I was going to parties because I wanted to fit in and that's what my flesh wanted now. But see, those decisions that I met, made actually didn't do me any justice. What it did was got me confused. It got me tied into things. I was bound to all these different men because I thought that, hey, if I can just get with somebody and have sex, that they'll love me. And it's not just for women. Men do the same thing. If I can just, you know, if I can keep it real, the body count number, if I can get 20, if I can get 30 girls, I'm the man. But really, it's out of insecurity It's out of rejection, it's out of hurts that we make these decisions in those early times. And as young adults, we make decisions based on what our flesh wants now. But God is saying, no, we need to think for the future. We need to think for the next generation. We're not thinking about ourselves. See, the vision that God has for your life is not for you. The vision that God has for you is not for you. It is much bigger than you. It is to reach people that went before you and that are going to come behind you. And decisions that you make now will determine the type of legacy that you leave. The decisions that you make now as young adults will determine the type of legacy that you leave for those generations to come. So I want you to think, In your life now, what decisions are you making? And are those decisions going to leave a legacy of, oh, yep, he was always turning up at the club. You know, he was always slanging dope. He was was rolling up some blunts. I'm going to keep it funky. And if you don't roll blunts now, you probably do the little bong thingy, whatever. That's how you know I don't do it because I don't even know what's out there. But legit, is, what, are, what are people going to say at your funeral? Yeah, we used to drink liquor on the porch. You know what? We used to play PlayStation till 1 in the morning. Xbox. I'm coming for you guys. Oh, I used to argue with people with Call of Duty. Oh, 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 oh. For real. And you do that so long, by the time, God says, number your days. You don't know if you have tomorrow. You don't know if you have tomorrow. So if all you're doing is gaming, if all you're doing is drinking, if all of you doing are stuck in cycles of depression or anxiety, or you're stuck in cycles of believing the lie of the enemy, then are you really leaving a life that's going to be leaving a legacy? Or is your legacy the enemy defeated him? The enemy defeated her. Or are you going to say, no, they left and defeated the enemy? And so it wasn't until I was 26 that the Lord just arrested my heart. 
there were, when the Lord snatched me up, y'all, like, he snatched me by my hair. Like, I was like, all right. Ah, ah. But I was, I'm so hard-headed. Um, still, I'm lightly hard-headed now, but I was hard-headed back then. And it just took, like, me to, like, come to my, like, God, for him to pull you down. Like, are you done? And I was like, not yet. He's like, no, but are you done? And if I could be transparent, it wasn't until I got an STD. Because I was like, God, this guy's going to love me. Like, I'll bring him to the Lord. How many of us trying to bring somebody to the Lord? If he ain't already walking with the Lord, he ain't coming to the Lord, y'all. Just, just leave him. Let him go and let God. Let, let him go. See in the back. <laughs> And, I, and you can't, and you just, you, here's, I'll say for myself, there was me, I'm not dragging a man. I didn't drag Vance to the Lord. He was already walking with the Lord. I was like, dang, you fine, and you know the Lord. But what happened was, I was like trying to do the, the Christian and the world and trying to blend them, and if you've walked with the Lord long enough, they don't work. Because the word of God says, be hot or cold, I'm going to spit you out. And so I was living this lukewarm life. And what happened was, is I decided to give him one more chance. And then when the Lord said, if you don't leave him, this is not going to end good. And I was like, you sure that's you, God? Is that the devil? Because I'm like sitting there. And I just remember I heard, like, I heard him so clearly. And I was like, okay, like I got a plan. I'm going to give him an ultimatum, okay? I'm going to give this guy an ultimatum. Hey, like, I really feel like God wants us to stop having sex. So, like, do you want to do that? And he was like, what? He's like, how is this supposed to work? I was like, oh, my gosh. So I was like, okay, all right. So I started packing up my stuff. I went into the bathroom. I was like, okay, God, I'm ready to leave. So I left. Two days later, I got sick, and I went to the doctor. I was like, you know, I haven't been feeling good. And they gave me a test. Oh, you have, you have STD. And I was like, me? No, that, that's for the girls in the streets, you know. Not me. I'm in the streets and the church, so this is not supposed to be. I, I had 50-50. I had a chance, Lord. <laughs> but God was warning me. It wasn't even that time where he's like, this is not going to end good. There were signs. Like this guy said, I don't like Christmas. I love Halloween. He said, love Halloween. I was like, that's okay, right? <laughs> celebrate the devil and God. And he's like, yeah, we don't celebrate Christmas. And I was like, cool. And I'm like, I knew in my heart that was totally wrong. But my flesh was so entangled with this person and so it costs me. I'm like, well, my future husband, if I, if I get on the right track, like, he's not going to want me. But at that moment, I was like, all right, I, I got the message, God. I got it. I'm done. And a year or so later, uh, I met Vance. But I was going after the God. I got into a church. I removed all my worldly community. I deleted every phone from the world. 
I did all the things that I knew it was necessary for me to get back on the path that I initially was on. See, sometimes we're on a path with God and we're like, this is so fun, this is exciting, God, you're amazing. And then decisions happen where he's like, go left, go right. And whatever you do, you might wanna be on that narrow path or the wide path. So some of us might be like, oh, I could do a little here and a little here, but God's like, no, keep going. I need you to stay on the path. And so I got back on that path. I got plugged into a church. I got plugged into really great community. Um, it wasn't a young adult community this big. It was like 10 people that were riding with me. My church was like about 30 people at the time. But I believe God sent me there because he really wanted to show me what it could be like as a young adult being on fire for God. And I never had that in my life. I just had the regular um, church attendance. I grew up Catholic, so I didn't really understand, like, what's the Bible? God hearing his voice, what is all that? That's demonic, you know, I didn't really know. But then at this church, I learned about um, the vision for my life, how to hear God's voice. And it's so important that you learn how to hear God's voice because that's how he speaks to you to know about the vision for your life. I, I learned how to read the Bible. I learned how to dissect scripture and how the words, like if they come off the page, like a rhema word, I'm like, what's a rhema word? What? And I'm like, this stuff is dope. And I got hungry and hungry and hungry, hungrier for God that I was like, bump this. Like, I ain't talking to no dudes. Y'all can't get in the way of me and Jesus no more. And then I met my husband. See, when you're going after God, he already got him lined up. Even when you was doing the most in the past, he's like, girl, if you just, come on, Vance is waiting for you. You just got to get it together. And I was like, bet. When I met Vance, it was history. I was like, you fine. God is good. Amen. <laughs> But in that, in that, God healed me from an STD that they said was uncurable. But that's what happens when you decide to follow God and the purpose that he has for your life. See, no matter what you do in your past, God is a God who restores and redeems. He restores and redeems. So no matter what you're even doing in this moment, that's like, oh my gosh, like she's coming for my life. I just finished having sex before I came here. It's okay. Because now that you're hearing the word of God, it's here to change you. It's here to transform you. It's supposed to actually make you uncomfortable so that you don't stay in the sin anymore. See, the enemy wants you to stay the way you are. God wants to make you feel a little uneasy. The enemy is like, no, it's okay. It's okay. Text him right after. Go back to his house after this. Go back to her house after this. That's the enemy's plan for you. But tonight, we're going to talk about that journey, but then how God has a vision for each and every one of your lives. And so as I started walking with the Lord, I then was introduced to Vance, and we were talking about ministry. I was like, ministry. I'm about ministry. This is great. And so we just kept seeking the Lord together, reading our word together, devotionals. Uh, we lived in separate states, so there was no, you want to come to my crib and read the Bible? Nah. No, no, no. Ladies and gentlemen in this room, you don't need Bible study on your couch. If you dating, go to Starbucks in the early morning, drop her off at lunchtime, drop him off at lunchtime. But we just kept growing in the Lord together. And so 
regardless of what we were doing, like it was all about the Lord. It was all about pursuing the Lord, making sure we were pure before him. And as we did that, and we eventually got married um, three and a half years later, um, because I was still teaching at the time. I was teaching for seven years. And so there was some contract stuff that I couldn't leave Arizona. But then when we came here, I was still teaching. And he was working at UFC. And so if you guys don't know, dance, boxes, so don't mess with me or him because he will beat you up. No, legit. He's like all that. And, and Noah is going to be the second little van, so don't mess with my son. But amen, hallelujah, for a strong man of God in the spirit and the flesh. <laughs> so I say all that to say that although I was teaching and although Vance was a personal trainer, As we kept seeking the Lord, he brought us together and then eventually led us into ministry and then we became young adult pastors. Now, regardless of our backgrounds, when you seek the Lord, he's going to kind of prepare that vision. He's gonna start speaking to you. He's gonna start sharing Uh, No, this is the, go left here, go right here, save the course here. Teaching, teaching's gonna eventually turn into preaching. You just don't know that yet. So just be obedient in teaching. Vance, you be obedient mopping floors in a gym. If you didn't know that, before Vance became a pastor, he was scrubbing floors. He was cleaning bathroom toilets. He was sweeping a gym. Talk about humility. See, vision doesn't always look pretty on the way to the full purpose. But as you're obedient to the Lord, obedient to his voice, he's going to lead you. Did I think leading kindergartners and teaching kindergartners would lead me to be a young adult pastor? Do you know the wide age range, five to 30? See, I had to adjust even to be able to teach and to be here and understand like young adults. I'm like, y'all different. And I love y'all. Kindergartners, they will affirm you. They will like, girl, your hair looks so pretty today, Miss Smith. Oh my gosh, I love you. Even when I have no eyelashes, they'll be like, what's wrong with your eyes? I'm like, you know what? I bind that. I bind that. But <laughs> as, I was, as we were obedient in the seasons of our life, God called us into ministry. And so when we talk about vision, let's define that really quick. Vision is the ability to think about or plan the future with wisdom. So where do we get wisdom from? Do we get it from the world? Do we get it from the world? No. No. We get it from the word of God. We get it from seeking the Lord. We get it through wisdom comes in the multitude of counselors. So I'm going to get around some people who are doing the same thing. I'm going to get around my friends. I'm going to get around my friend Candace, Sarah, Curvin, people that work closely with me who know my business. And they're going to say, you know what, Gabrielle? That doesn't sound like God. It sounds like you're running from something. So they're going to help me stay on course. So who's your circle? Who's speaking wisdom in your life? Is it just your own fleshly wisdom? Oh, I'm gonna make this money because I I need to provide for my family because you know, I'm not gonna be out here struggling like that. But God's like, hey, I need you to stay in this position a little bit longer. Nah, better than that, God, I need to be up here. Is that your wisdom or is that God's wisdom? So when we think about wisdom and vision for our life, You have to have, there's many visions. So it's not one vision that God calls us to have. There's a vision for your business. There's a vision for your family. There's a vision for your finances. There's a vision for your children. There's a vision for this ministry. And if you don't know what that vision is, you need to start seeking the Lord. 
God says people perish for the lack of knowledge, but I also think that people perish as well when you don't have vision. Because you have to have vision for your life so you know where you're going. You have, I hope I can remember what I said. I'm not Pastor Vance, so I hope you caught that. Rewind. You have to have vision so you know where you're going. Is that it? Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So I want to read this scripture out of Habakkuk 2.2. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and engrave it plainly on clay tablets. Y'all don't have clay and you don't have tablets. Write it in your phone. Get a pencil. Get some paper. And so that the one who reads it will run. For the vision is yet for appointed future time. It hurries toward the goal of fulfillment. It will not fail. Even though it delays, wait patiently for it because it will certainly come. It will not delay. Everyone say, it won't delay. So why would God say this? So back in that time, they were writing on tablets. So when people were literally running by it, they quickly knew what to do and could keep on going. So in your life, what is that vision? Do you have something written down that you quickly know that I can keep going? When times get hard, when the enemy's attacking your family, when the enemy's attacking your finances, when the enemy's attacking the purpose that God put inside of you, do you know what the vision is for your life? Because it's so important that you know that because the enemy's gonna come. Let me tell you the enemy's vision for your life. It's so simple, to kill, steal, and destroy. The enemy's plan for your life is to kill, steal, and destroy. And if you don't believe that, look to the world. All those rappers that you, you see dying one after the other, all these people dying, financial issues, all these different things in the world because his plan is to get you distracted, to steal the stuff you have, to kill you, and to completely destroy your life. So if you don't have vision, the enemy will have vision for you. If you don't have vision, the enemy's saying, here, I got one for you. Here's this, here's this man. Here's these drugs. Here's this alcohol bottle. So I encourage each and every one of you to start thinking about what is the vision that God has placed inside of me. And that could be a prophetic word that somebody gave you. For me, there's been tons of words as I got closer to the Lord, people started speaking into my life. And I literally have a note section that says, prophecies, dreams, and visions. Because when I get down to my lowest point, I literally pick up my phone and I, dec- I read the prophecy over my life again. God, you said this about me. God, you said that I would be this. God, you said that you would bring my family here. God, you said this about me. Even when I don't feel it, I know you said this. Because God's not always going to give you a prophetic word from somebody. But if he gives you one word, that's all you need. When Abraham, he said, I'll make you a father of many nations. You guys realize Abraham didn't have a Bible to be like, what's about to happen next? He didn't. He had to just hang on to that truth and believe that God was going to make him a father of many nations. Joseph, you think Joseph had a Bible? Joseph, if I was Joseph, I would have went ham on my brothers real quick for doing that to me. After I get out this pit, I'm coming for you. But Joseph had a dream. Joseph had a dream. And that's what sustained him. Had he not had that dream, do you think I'm going to be eventually in a palace? No, I'm going ham all the way to the palace. 
but he couldn't. He had to just submit that to God. And so whatever that vision is, whatever that prophecy is, whatever God is giving you, you need to remind yourself of that daily. And if you don't know it, you can ask God. The Holy Spirit is dwelling within you, and he will speak that to you. Amen? All right, let me get to my point because I'm running out of time. All right, my first point is the vision of this ministry. <laughs> Sorry, my iPad. Ooh, Pastor Vance don't use his iPad very much because he just be T.D. Jakes on him. <laughs> so the vision of this ministry is going to be to be a thriving community of young adults who are fully alive in Christ. Let's read that together. One, two, three. So when you come here on a Tuesday night, there's a vision. We are not a, a, a chapel full of people just, just on fire for God. That is beautiful. But when we come in here, we're going to not only be Christians on fire for God, but we're going to be a thriving community because this is community right here. Community means we're doing life together, not separately. So when you come in here and you go back to your car and you don't make friends, that's what not, this ministry is not about that. We're about community, so small groups, serving. Those opportunities are here for you to make that community. So we want this house to be a thriving community of young adults who are fully alive in Christ, not lukewarm for Christ, fully alive. We're not just gonna be lukewarm Christians. We have that, it's the world. It's people claiming that they're Christians, but they're not actually doing anything. It's people coming on Easter and on Christmas and not changing and not being transformed. But I'm here to charge you that if you're in here and you're online, you need to be fully alive on Christ. Because guess what? The devil is fully alive trying to kill you, steal your stuff, and destroy you. So if this isn't like making you change and, you, and you're not feeling this message, then guess what? You probably don't want to be fully alive on, in Christ. But I'm telling you, if you want to live a life of legacy, you need to be on fire for Christ because this world isn't getting any better. But guess what? We have a Jesus who is sitting on the throne right now and saying, I'm fully alive. I'm alive and well, and I'm, I'm living, I'm breathing here on earth. He's living and breathing through you. And you have to live a life that represents that. People need Jesus. People need Jesus. I have family members that aren't walking with Jesus. Do you know, I constantly think about the moment they, if they don't decide to make that decision and they go to hell, if that doesn't break your heart, then I don't, I think that I might consider that you have a cold heart. If you see your friends that don't know the Lord and you're not talking about Jesus to them, what are you doing? We can't be ashamed of the gospel. We can't be afraid with sharing the gospel. Your responsibility here on earth is to go into the world and to make disciples. So the vision here is that we're gonna do that. And that takes me to point number two. Our mission is to cultivate purpose-driven disciples, resilient leaders who are committed to growth. So when you come in here, the purpose is, as Pastor Vance is teaching, or whoever is on this platform teaching you, it's so that we are discipling you, and then you take that, and you go disciple someone else. What you obtain here, yes, it's for yourself, but once you get that word in you, it should go out of you. It goes in me first. This message, the, the full person, it's in me now. So I'm now giving it to you, and the responsibility is for you now to go into the world 
to your workplace, to your businesses, to the park, wherever you hang out, to the coffee shop, and to give this to someone else. And we have to be committed to growth. We have to be committed to growth. So if there's cycles in your life, like, hey, I, I, I gotta get, I, I'm not doing too well in this area, as long as you're being sanctified in the process, that's growth. God's not asking for perfectionism. God's not asking for you to completely arrive. We don't arrive until we're in heaven. But if God is knowing I am being sanctified in the process, see, back then I had really bad anger issues. Growing up, complete angry child because of my child upbringing. But as I'm older, I'm not completely free of anger. I just know how to manage it better. But that's sanctification. I'm not bad because of that. But I've been sanctified, and there's 30 plus, like there's 25 years of me being angry that I had to undo. So God is saying, wow, you're committed to growth. Yeah, I'm committed to being an overcomer with anger. So in your, area, in your life, are there areas that you need to commit to growth? Is it your maturity? Have you been a Christian but not actually living for the Lord for 20 years? Have you been so stagnant in just showing up on a Tuesday, but then going home and not doing anything with the word? Committing to growth is saying, hey, I've been coming to Fusion for five years now, and I haven't served. I've been coming. I'm not even in a small group. I actually don't even like talking to people because I'm just not a people person. I'm an introvert. But you know what? I only like people who are like me, so I don't really see that here, so can't. I'll sit in the back. No offense to people in the back. I know it's comfy. I'm just saying. Um, but what decisions are you making now that is saying, I'm growing in this area? I'm not perfect, but I'm growing, and God is with me. So then my go to my um, last point is going to be purpose. We believe the life you live and the legacy you leave are shaped by the decisions you make between the ages of 18 and 30. So how many 18-year-olds do I have in here? Okay, okay. 19. Keep your hands raised. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 27, 28, 29, 30. If you're after 30, I'm not asking because this is a ministry between 18 and 30, but we love you. We love you. Um, <laughs> but we believe that the life you live between the ages of 18 and 30 are shaped. Are, sorry, let me read that again. We believe the life you live and the legacy you leave are shaped by the decisions you make now. Everyone say now. now. So when I was 18 to 20, even earlier, 16, all the way up, I was not worried about no legacy. I was like, legacy, what? That's like Beyonce and Jay-Z. Not, not now. Not now, because I don't know what they're trying to leave behind. No offense, Beyonce. No offense. But the decisions that you're making now, I want to have a transparent moment. I was going to do this, but okay, God. How many of you would say that there are some decisions that you're making right now that are not good? Raise your hand. Raise them nice and high. Look around the room. That's Okay. That's okay. Can I tell you that's okay? That is okay. Because let me tell you why. Because you have Jesus. 
And he wants to transform those decisions into something that's gonna actually be purposeful. And tonight, I wanna give you that opportunity to lay those decisions at the feet of Jesus. Because when you come here on a Tuesday night, no offense, but we shouldn't always see you at the altar. We have to start seeing there's moments where, yes, you need to be at the altar giving things to Christ and just in full worship. But if you're coming with the same addiction every Tuesday and you're like, oh, what are you doing about it? Well, nothing. I just worship every Tuesday and I go home and do it again. It's funny, but it's not because that was me. I probably did the salvation. Like, th this, is, this is why I say that. I would, when in my early high school, college I would, days, I was at this church, and I'm not going to name it because I don't want to get in trouble, but I would go to the altar every time like I would sin. I was like, oh, I need to receive Jesus again. And there, this one lady comes up to me. She was like, you were just here last Sunday. Is everything okay? <laughs> and I was like, mind your business. This is between me and God. But really, I just thought like, well, since I like was sinning, I just need to apologize to God real quick and get this right. And she's like, no, 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 you don't need to do that. You actually just need to start changing. <laughs> and I was like, who are you? <laughs> but the reality was, is like, I got into this mindset of like, it's okay, there's forgiveness, there's grace, so I can keep on doing what I'm doing. But then no real transformation was happening. So I was at the altar every single Sunday because I didn't want to change. I wanted to stay comfortable in my sin and still serve the Lord. But you can't do that. You cannot do that. Because scripture says, the Lord will spit you out. And when you get to heaven, is he gonna say, well done my good and faithful servant? Or he's gonna say, depart from me, I actually never knew you. You're gonna say, but God, like, you don't remember me at the altar? I remember you at the altar, but you didn't do anything after the altar. You just went back to doing your own thing. And you use my grace and my mercy and my forgiveness as an excuse to keep on sinning. So your father is the devil. And a lot of you guys like, the devil's not real. He's just red and walking around with a little stick. He's very real. And let me tell you, hell is very real. So do you want to burn for the rest of your life? Because that is hell, where it is excruciating pain. So... Ladies, in your cramps, you want cramps for the rest of your life? Men, do you want a pulled groin for the rest of your life? No. An Achilles, you want to keep breaking your Achilles? Think about the worst pain. That's for eternity because if you keep making the same decisions over and over again and you don't want to change, you don't want to leave transformed, you just want to be in sin, then your father's the devil. But tonight, if you want Jesus to be Lord over your life, Jesus over those decisions, over those habits that you want to change because you want vision and purpose and the mission for your life to shift and to change for the generations before you and behind you. See, there's generational curses that I'm breaking for my family. So if you want to be a generational curse breaker, then you have to get on the vision and mission and purpose of Jesus Christ. Because the decisions that my mom made and her mother made, I am not going to be a victim of that. So if you're struggling with depression and you don't know why, sometimes it's generational. But if you don't start saying, hold up, 
I'm not depressed, God. We need to figure this out. What is this? Oh, well, your mother's mother actually dealt with depression. Or God, I keep getting these, these abusive relationships. Well, your mother and your mother's mother and your mother's mother's mother was married to very abusive people. And so there's this pattern that keeps happening that you keep following. And so you need to break that. So there's patterns in your life that you're doing if you're addicted to alcohol and you look back at your family bloodline, I guarantee there's somebody who was addicted to alcohol. If you're addicted to drugs, I guarantee there is some type of connection to your past that someone was dealing with drugs. There's habits and things that we take on because of people in our past, but you, each and every one of you, even you online, God is calling you to write the vision and make it plain so you can run. So you can run, not walk not walk. See, some of us are walking to the finish line because we're just, oh, she fine. Oh, he fine. Oh, you know, I'm park right here. What's up? Let me just have some sex real quick. Oh, God. And while I'm running, I'm like, I ain't got time for you. No, I don't have time for you. You have to live a life where you don't have time for the foolishness. You don't have time for the booty calls. You don't have time for rolling up the little blunt. You don't have time. You don't have time. You don't have time to stay in a cycle of depression. Go to counseling, seek help. You don't have time to have anxiety attacks. Go get counsel. Go see a doctor about what this anxiety is about. Talk to a pastor. Some of the anxiety and stuff is spiritual, but you won't know that and you can't identify that when you're not in the word of God. Jesus came to break all of that. So if I'm struggling with that, we got a problem. I need to realign, figure out which line, who I need to talk to, and start breaking this down. I currently go to counseling because there's some things that I'm like, God, I don't understand why I'm still dealing with these thought patterns. He's like, go to counseling. I'm like, bet. My counselor, I prayed that she would be like in my stuff. And I was like, see, you in my stuff. Like, I need you to, Miss Tabitha. Scoop back, ma'am. And she's this country Pentecostal white lady, so with curls. I was like, you lucky you got curls and you got a little southern swag to you because I need someone to be in my stuff too so I can leave transformed. I'm not trying to have my son Noah deal with the stuff that my parents had to deal with. I'm not trying to have Noah deal with the stuff that's going on in the world. Me and my husband, no, we're generational curse breakers because we're seeking the word. It's in us. We have vision for our family. We have vision for Noah. We speak prayers over him every single night. We anoint his head with oil because guess what? The enemy is not going to get my son. Tell you that. He comes in my house, he's going to get slapped with some oil. He can't even come in because it's covered by the blood of Jesus. I say angels and camp around my house. I, I wish you would because I'll fight, I'll fight the air. Ah, ah. But we have to be people that are praying. When you want vision from the Lord, you want purpose for the Lord, it requires you to be on your knees, for your face to be on the ground and say, God, I don't know what my life is doing right now, but I need you. And so you get on the floor and you pray. And you say, God, I want to seek your face daily, day and night. He says, meditate on my word day and night. Why? Because you need to know the word. You need to know the plans that he has for you. So when we get, you don't need a platform. I need to share this Instagram live. See, I woke up this morning, the Lord gave me a word. No, that might not be the vision for God, like your life. Sometimes, a lot of times you don't see me up here because my vision is behind the scenes most of the time. God's having me do stuff behind the scenes and cultivating things in me and pushing things out for my family. But there's seasons that God's gonna have different visions for you. 
But I encourage you tonight, write the vision, make it plain. Not your vision, God's vision. Don't go home, I wanna be a billionaire. I made it plain. God, send the money. Amen. I'm gonna get on my face, send it, Lord. I feel it. And start speaking in tongues. Amen. It's not that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, guys. So as I close, <laughs> if you call this house your home, if the young adult ministry has changed your life, you heard those testimonies of people that have been changed by the ministry. If you feel like, hey, Victory Church, if you come on Sundays and this house has changed your life, we encourage you to buy into the vision. This is not a sales pitch, but I believe that you guys aren't here by coincidence. God's drawing these people in this room to the vision because you're a part of something that's bigger. Outside of these walls, you are a vessel for the kingdom of God because we know the kingdom of darkness is running rampant. So we need you guys to buy into this vision because this vision is basically saying we need to be fully alive in Christ and we need to be resilient leaders. We need to be disciples to go out into the world. When Jesus was sitting with his disciples, he was teaching them for a long period of time before he sent them out. We wanna teach you guys and equip you guys, but we also want you guys to partake in that. So it's not just Vance or myself or Jess or, or Carl or the worship leaders moving the, moving the spirit of God. You get to do that too. That's in your, in your houses with a small group, whether you're leading, the way you greet somebody at the door, the way you get somebody connected to new here. All of us have been to a church for a first time and how that experience changed you. It will either make or break you. It will either make you feel like this church you belong or it's like, nah, they were super rude. But the life you live needs to be a representation of Jesus. And so tonight, I wanna encourage you, if you say, hey, I wanna make a step to just leave my old ways behind, I wanna get involved in this vision, I wanna be a part of the movement of God. How many of you guys were here for that like go all out revival night? Like where people were like, on the floor rolling. Only one person. Raise your hand, people. That was the night where Pastor Dennis preached about revival. There you go. Everybody's like, every night's a revival night at Fusion. Um, but that move of God, like in the book of Acts, when people were speaking in unknown languages and, and the Holy Spirit with the gushing wind, we get to, we can experience that here if all of us have on, are on fire for Christ. If we start, if we get out of our mind, see the enemy wants you trapped in your mind. So he's like, oh no, that person's speaking in weird language. That's a demon. Oh my gosh. People are running around on the floor. People are crying on the front. This is awkward. No, this is the move of God. So if you want to be in this wave of the move in God, I encourage you to stand up to your feet in this moment. If you want to be a part of the move of God in the shift in the next generation, then I want you to stand to your feet. But if you want to stay in your seat, that's fine. There's no judgment. But if you're saying, hey, I want to be a young adult who is on fire for Christ. And no matter what the person left to me stands up or writes to me, this is for me. This is not for my boyfriend or girlfriend. This is not for my friend that I came with. This is not because everybody's standing up and I want to look and I don't want to look like I don't believe in the vision. No, if you don't believe in the vision, that is okay. That is okay. But this isn't just a vision for this house. This is a part of the vision that is for your life. We have to be fully alive in Christ. 
We have to be young adults who are on fire for God. Young adults who want to see the world change. The world isn't going to get any better if we just keep coming to church and do nothing with it. But tonight, you get to make a decision that says, I want to change the world. Now, we may not be able to change every single thing, but if you get to talk to your neighbor about Jesus, you're helping change the world. Because once that person talks to, uh, receives Jesus, then the next person, and then the next person. And next thing you know, your yes and you inviting them into your house for dinner or whatever, now there's like 20 people saved because of that one conversation. One conversation. Um, this amazing pastor told me this. She was like, if you can just get one person saved, one person saved, you don't know what that ripple effect will ever look like. So when I come here on a Tuesday night or I meet people on Sundays, I'm not worried about getting the masses saved. I'm like, if one person tells me a testimony that they came to Jesus, I'm satisfied. I'm like, bet, go share that with someone else. Because listen, guys, we can't keep the word of God to ourselves. There are so many hurting people in this world that need to know Jesus, that need to know Jesus, that need to know Jesus. You're probably thinking about a family member. This person needs to know Jesus. If you're too af afraid to talk to that person about Jesus, pray for them. You keep praying until God gives you enough confidence to have the conversation. So my brother, I love my brother to death. And man, he like stopped following God for a very long time. And I just remember how much that broke my heart because like my brother was like my, is my best friend. So I'm just like driving to work every day when I moved out here. And I just kept declaring, God, he will come to know you as your personal Lord and Savior. He will, he, you will get him to the end of his, his being so that he comes to, come to know you. I just kept declaring what I wanted to see in my brother. Can I tell you? My brother is sending me gospel songs now. I'm like, my brother, he was so excited. He, somebody referred him to a counselor and the counselor is a whole pastor. He said, this man changed my life, Gabrielle. And then he shows me his Bible it was so cute. He's like, yeah, I got this like Bible. I was like, like you gonna make me cry. And then he showed me these other Bibles. He got, he's like, yeah, man. And he's not perfect any, any way, but I'm like, when you keep praying, God's doing things that you don't even know. It's not your timing, it's God's timing. So tonight, you might need to make Jesus your personal Lord and Savior. You might have came in here and were like, I don't know Jesus at all, but after tonight, I want to know him. You might want to take the next step and get baptized. You might want to lead a small group so that you can start creating community with maybe your neighbors, some people you met while you're working out. Hey, you want to come over and just break bread? See, small, leading a small group doesn't mean like you have to preach at people. It's community. It's spending time hearing stories. When Jesus was sitting with the sinners, you think he was just like, I can't. I'm just, mm-hmm. Do you want to know, know about Jesus? As he's Jesus. No, he wants to listen to their story. The woman at the well, he wanted to know her story. He already knew it, but he's like, tell me your story. Mary and Martha, you, he's sitting with these people. He wants to know them. He wants to teach them. Your next step might be opening your Bible. 
Maybe you've left it on the shelf a little bit, got some dust like the hotel lobby, you know? Or sharing your testimony with someone. In the beginning, I shared a part of my testimony. Your testimony, scripture says it's the word of the lamb and the word of our testimony. The blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, sorry. So when we share with people, it gives them hope. If me and Pastor Vance were like, yeah, we never went through anything, but God is good. God is so faithful. He is so faithful. Glory. No, we (laughs) went through some stuff. And by sharing that, that allows you to kind of relate to us. If I just came up here and I was like, we're talking about vision, mission, and purpose, but I didn't even explain that I actually didn't have one for my life, it'd be hard to really connect. So some people just need to hear your story. And so if it's, you know, sharing a story with a coworker tomorrow, like, hey, man, like, well, what's your story? Let me, let me learn about your life. Maybe you've been so consumed about you and wanting people to get to know you. How about you start getting to know people? And so whatever your next step should be, it should be to leave a legacy. When people remember you, and just like, you know what? Gabrielle sat with me. Gabrielle broke bread with me. She was so loving and so kind. I want people to remember me like that. She took time out of her day to spend time with me. She brought me food even when I lived an hour away in Atlanta traffic. Now that's a sacrifice. (laughs) But how will people remember you? Not just by what you do, but what did you share with them? What did you teach them? I want Noah to like grow up and be like, oh my gosh, my mommy was the best. I love her to death because she taught me about Jesus, the best thing she could have ever done. And so I want you to ask yourself this question. What steps will you take to be on mission with God and to live a life with purpose? What steps are you going to take tonight? And that decision might need to just be between you and the Lord, but we have some QR codes that are going to go up. And two of those are going to be to lead a small group and to serve in the ministry. And you can scan those when they come up on the screen, but that might be your step. Like, yeah, I've been coming here a long time and I haven't been plugged in. I wanna encourage you to scan the QR code so that you can get connected. There are some amazing leaders here that the way that we set up service and the way that we tear down all that is because people are here to serve you. And that's such a beautiful thing that we get to do for you. And so if you're like, hey, I do want to lead a small group. The Lord's been sharing that with me, and I think this is the time that I need to start doing that. I want to encourage you to scan the QR code to lead a small group. You don't need to be a pastor to lead a small group. God's already put stuff in you that's already cultivated, that's already growing, brewing in you that you can lead. Every single person in here is a leader. You don't have to be a Christian and went to biblical school and all those things and have all these degrees to be a leader. No, you are a leader. You are a leader. You are leading people by the way you live your life. And so tonight, I said I wanted to make an altar call for people that are saying, I'm laying down my own personal vision, the own way I wanted to live my life, the way that I thought my life was supposed to go. I want to lay that down at the feet of Jesus And tonight I wanna actually make a change. Like I'm not doing this because I want Pastor Gabrielle to see me and come lay hands on me and to prophesy over me. No, I'm doing this because actually the Holy Spirit is doing something in me and this is actually uncomfortable enough where I know it's like that gut feeling, like my heart is racing. That's the Holy Spirit. The resistance to come up here, that's the enemy 
because the Holy Spirit wants you to come up here and lay that thing down. And in turn, I want you to ask God, what is the vision? I want you to speak to me, Lord, I'm listening. I want you to write the vision for my heart and for my life and for my children and my children's children. So if that's you and you feel like I need to make some changes, if I wanna live a life with legacy, I want you to come down to the front. If you wanna live a life with legacy and you're saying I'm leaving my past behind and my own decisions, I wanna invite you down. Don't be ashamed. The enemy is not ashamed to keep you in bondage. Come on up, fill the altar. You're making the best decision you can right now saying I'm gonna leave legacy you guys can kind of shift on down a little bit. You want to leave your old ways behind. You want to leave certain thought patterns behind that are keeping you in bondage to not really fulfilling the vision and purpose that God has for you. I want you to come on down. If you're in this cycle, if you, you see these are cycles in my life, God, that aren't changing, something has to shift. I want to invite you down. If you're saying, hey, I wanna buy into this vision of this ministry and I just wanna be up here and receive that, I wanna invite you down. And for some of you, the way you leave legacies by receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that's where you start. That's where you start. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you tonight are saying, I want that, I want you to raise your hand. Nice and high, don't be ashamed. Amen, I see your hand. Amen, I see your hand. Amen, amen. Let's make some noise. Amen. There might be some resistance in here. There's only two hands that went up. So I wanna encourage you, if you felt a tug that you wanna make this decision, God's calling you home. You've been in the world long enough. You've made those decisions long enough and God's calling you home. If you wanna receive Jesus tonight because he's already moving in your heart, I want you to lift up your hand. Amen, 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 amen. That's the most beautiful thing you could do. Lifting up your hand isn't for me. It isn't for the people around you. It's to make a public declaration that I'm doing this for you, God. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of raising my hand. So I wanna pray this prayer with you and I want you guys to repeat after me. Those of you who wanna accept Jesus Christ, say Jesus. I'm done with my old ways, Lord. I know I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Forgive me, Lord, for all the ways that I didn't go after you and for all the ways that I went after my own desires. Jesus, come into my life. I want you to be Lord over my life, Lord over my mind. Lord over my heart, Lord over the purpose in my life, Lord over my entire life. 
Save me today, God. I need you. I'm not looking back. I'm looking forward to the plan and the purpose that you have for my life. I thank you, Father, that you love me, that you've called me, that you set me apart for such a time as this. God, I thank you that I'm in relationship with you and nothing can separate me from the love of Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, that I am your child and you are my father and you will never leave me or forsake me. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's make some noise for those people. That's the greatest thing you could have done. Aside from walking through those doors, that is the best decision you could have made. The best decision. Your life is gonna be changed. Your life is gonna be changed. Your life is gonna be changed. You have a choice to now keep pressing towards him. You made the best decision, now you gotta keep going towards him. You're on the starting line. And now you gotta start running with the Lord. He's not in a rush though. So I wanna pray for those people that are gonna be laying those decisions down, laying the old ways behind that wanna leave a legacy. So Father, I just thank you. I just want you guys to lift up your hand in a posture of receiving. God, I thank you for each and every person that came up here today. And some of them might just be sitting in their seat and that's fine. And those watching online that are lifting their hands in faith. I thank you for your sons and daughters. I thank you, Father, that they're choosing to allow you to write the vision for their life. That they are choosing to live a life that is going to leave legacy for your kingdom. I thank you, Father, that each and every one of them, that they are just, as they cast their cares upon you, let them be reminded that you care for them, that what they're giving up now is greater than what you have in store for them. God, you have something greater for them. You have something greater for them, God. And I pray that they hear that you have something greater in store. That surrender in this moment just means that you're saying the oldest past and the newest come. Now this new wave of revelation is gonna come because they're choosing to lay aside their own fleshly desires. They're choosing to lay aside the things that are distracting them. They're choosing to lay aside the cycles and the patterns that they keep going in. They're choosing to lay aside the sexual addiction. They're choosing to lay aside the drugs. They're choosing to lay aside the rejection. They're choosing to lay aside the abandonment. They're choosing to lay aside being a victim. And they're saying, Jesus, I don't want that anymore. I want to come out of agreement with those addictions, and I want to come into agreement with what your word says about me. That your word says who the Son sets free is free indeed. And as they're coming up here with their arms just laid out saying, God, I want to be free. Well, I thank you that they're already free because you said who the Son sets free is free indeed. So what your son did on the cross, it made us free. But we get to choose to walk in that freedom. So I declare that they will choose righteousness. 
that they will choose legacy, that they will choose purpose, that they will choose the vision that you are writing even on their hearts in this moment. Give them clarity. I bind all distractions. I bind confusion. I bind everything that's trying to interfere with your voice. Those sleepless nights saying, I don't, God, there's this restlessness. I can't sleep. I'm confused. I can't seek you. I declare clarity, clarity in the name of Jesus. Some of you have been confused in your mind, but I bind that in the name of Jesus. And I declare the peace of God to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I declare liberty and freedom over you. The generations that went before you and that are keeping you in cycles, I break that off of you right now in the name of Jesus. And I declare that you are the chain breaker, that you are the chain breaker in the name of Jesus. God is living in you and he will work through you. He's giving you all power and authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions. And you have that power. You have that authority. So I thank you, Jesus. Chains are breaking. Chains are breaking. And these people, I thank you that they are legacy builders right now for the kingdom of God. They are legacy builders for the kingdom of God. That their future spouse, their future children will be legacy builders for the kingdom of God. They will preach the gospel. They will share your testimony. They will share the goodness of God with those around them and they will shift the atmosphere. They will shift the world. They will be world changers. They will be world changers. This church used to be called Victory World Church. Victory World Church. This room is an expression of the world. This room is an expression of the kingdom of the kingdom of God. And God is calling you, be my expression when you go out into the world. Be my expression when you go out into your workspace. Be my expression when I go home tonight and I, and I meet my spouse. Be my expression to my neighbors. So I thank you, Father, that tonight you are doing a new thing. The old is past and the new is come. And I thank you, Father. And I cover them. No more striving. There will be no more striving. There will be no more striving. You don't have, I don't know who this is for, but you don't have to hustle anymore. You don't have to hustle anymore to make things shift, to make things shake. You don't have to do anything to sling this, to sling that. I'm, 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 I'm sending someone in here. You're trying to make things shake. But the Lord is saying, no more. I'm your provider. I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm Jehovah Jireh. You don't have to prove yourself trying to work up a ladder to prove that you're this and that as a woman. I don't know who that's for, but to prove yourself in your workspace that I'm I'm good enough. You are good enough. You don't have to prove anything. You are a child of God. You are the righteousness of Christ. There is favor on your life because you are a child of God. So wherever God leads you, he is gonna have favor over your life. He will have favor over your life. Can I tell you, before I came here, I was teacher of the year in Arizona. There were 85 schools. I was a third year teacher teaching. Talk about the favor of God. And I don't say that to boast, because I'm like, who, me? But when you go after God, 
I don't have to make things shake to be a teacher of the year. He's like, no, that's my daughter and I'm gonna elevate her because I know I'll get the glory by elevating her. So right where you are, if that's you, I just wanna encourage you, God's gonna elevate you. And it might not be in, in a position, but just know there's elevations in the kingdom of God. You might be collecting treasures in heaven. I know for me, I'm like, Lord, I hope I got a bunch of crowns. I'll give them back to you, but, you know, but I'm just saying, I'm not just living for these things on earth. I'm living for what I'm going to see in heaven. I'm not trying to be in a shack in heaven, y'all. I'm trying to be by them little gold pearly gates. But I want to encourage you, there is favor over your life. And God loves you. I'm going to stop talking in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. (laughs) 